Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. I have a member of our community on today's episode. We're going to call her Virginia. She's been interacting with us on social media about a few concepts, and so we invited her on to talk about it. Speaking of social media, on Facebook, if you search btr.org underscore, also on Instagram, we're btr.org underscore, TikTok, we're btr.org, Twitter, which we're terrible at Twitter, by the way, listeners, so if anyone's good at Twitter and wants to help us out, um, and on Twitter, we are at Betrayal Trauma, so you can find us there and interact with us there. We always love your comments. Also, if you want to comment on this particular episode, you can go to our website, find this episode, scroll down to the bottom and comment there. So many women do that, and we appreciate all of your comments and you sharing your experiences with us. So as Virginia is following us on social media, there's a couple of things that came up and she reached out and we've been having these kind of really cool conversations about it. So we're going to start with an infographic that we posted. We will put this on the episode so that you guys can see this. But Virginia, talk about this infographic and like why it caught your eye. I saw it on Instagram. It has two different graphs and one says what I thought my marriage was and it shows a graph that kind of goes up and down, up and down, but it has um, an up a trajectory that's going up. And then it says healthy, hard, healthy, hard. So basically, it's kind of like a stock market, maybe graph where it's going up and down, but it's going up in general. And so the it's like, healthy is the when it goes up and hard is when it kind of dips down a little bit. But then when it goes back up, it goes back up even higher. So if you want to see this infographic, go to Instagram, we'll put it on the day that we post this. And you can also see it on this episode. If you go to our website. So there's that. And then what's there's a second part of it. Yeah. So and then underneath the what I thought my, my marriage was, it says what it really was. And instead of the the healthy and hard points, it's actually grooming and abuse, grooming and abuse. And the grooming just gets more extreme and the abuse stays the same. So it's it's not that the marriage is improving. It's that the grooming is just improving and the abuse is still there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and even the abuse is actually probably getting worse, but you can't right. go lower in a graph. So I created this infographic because that was my experience. I thought as we did pornography addiction recovery and we went to all these therapists and he did 12 step and uh, all the stuff that we would take a step forward and then sometimes two steps back and then two steps forward and one step back. And, and because the pornography addiction recovery industrial complex told me he's going to have relapses and progress, not perfection and stuff like that, I thought, Oh, like we're, we are improving over time, but of course it's not just going to be a perfectly like straight line to success. We're going to have ups and downs along the way. And so then when I took a step back and realized it was abuse, I realized it was just kind of like a circle, right? I was just going around in circles. I wasn't ever actually making progress. I was just experiencing abuse and being groomed and experiencing abuse. What stood out to you when you saw this? I would say it, it resonated with me pretty instantly. In my marriage, I thought that I was on this upper trajectory, that I that these different little breadcrumbs that I thought were these big improvements and that, you know, we still had hard times and but marriage is hard and things are still getting better. I thought I was on that upward trajectory, but then it wasn't until I was able to really set some boundaries and to take a step out of that vortex, that abuse cycle that you were describing, that I was able to see my marriage for what it was, for you know the, the abuse that I was experiencing. And it just suddenly just clicked for me. And this just captures exactly how my marriage went and the experience that I had. Let's talk about the factors that would lead a woman to think that these are just kind of the regular ups and downs of either marriage in general, or maybe the regular ups and downs of being in a relationship with a man who is addicted to pornography, or maybe has a mental health issue or something like that. Like, let's talk about the factors that may stop a woman from realizing that it's abuse. I think for me, it, it just, the actions he was doing were positive. You know, he was going to church. He participated in an addiction recovery group. He did all of the things that you would think of when you think of recovery or healing or improving on an unhealthy relationship. Even like just times when he would apologize, I thought that was improvement or times when he maybe would not gaslight me. I thought that that was positive and thought maybe Congratulations, oh. you didn't lie. I'm so proud of you, right? Seriously. Yeah, it would be like, "Oh wow, he he just took money out of my wallet and didn't think I saw, but you know, he didn't try to convince me that he didn't do that." And you know, there's this narrative that if as long as you're going to a group, as long as you're going to therapy, if you're going to church, that those things automatically just make you into a healthy person who does not abuse people. I think that it's obviously much more complicated than that, but I think that there's this idea that just doing those things equals I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. I think there's also the societal idea that everything is fixable, kind of. Like, as long as you're willing to work on it and you go to therapy, like, of course there's going to be a solution. Like, I think women run into this when they might go to clergy, for example, and they might share with clergy, hey, these are the 
things I'm experiencing. Now, most of the time, unfortunately, the woman doesn't know that she's experiencing psychological or emotional abuse. So she's not able to say, hey, I'm being psychologically and emotionally abused, right? She might just like say, well, he's lying to me and I just found this out. And the first thing people think is, well, he needs therapy, right? Rather than thinking, oh, whoa, you need to separate. A lot of people go right to, oh, he needs therapy or he needs an addiction recovery program. In fact, I was talking to my uncle the other day. I was telling him about a perpetrator. He listened. And then the next, like at five o'clock in the morning, the next day, he emailed me and he's like, this guy needs a treatment program. <laughs> right? I called him and I'm like, yeah, that's what his wife thought for 15 years. Like she tried to get him into all these programs, but like he wouldn't go or he would go. And they were like, yeah, he's doing great. You know, nobody ever was like, hey, this is abuse. You need to get to safety. That's rarely, rarely what people advise when victims are going for help. I, I think it's just because they don't, the victims themselves don't realize they're being abused. And then the people that they go to for help. And this is really just most therapists, most clergy, most people around, they really genuinely think, oh, yeah, let's get this person to the therapy. That'll help. They don't realize that it actually might make it worse. I also think there's an idea that like marriage is hard. So as long as he's working on it by going to a treatment center or going to therapy or whatever he may be doing, I think that as long as he's doing those things, then you just kind of have to stick it out. And, you know, marriage is hard. No one's perfect. Those kinds of ideas, at least were in my mind and made it difficult for me to even consider the option that maybe not all marriages are this hard, you know, maybe not all marriages are abusive. And I think that's one idea that kind of kept me stuck. Well, even if they knew it was abuse, I don't think most people know that therapy is not going to help. Right. I mean, even if you know it's abuse, then you're like, wow, it's abuse. Okay. We need to get him into therapy because he's abusive because he has childhood trauma or he's abusive because he feel shame or something. I I don't think they realize that that's not why he's abusive, number one, and therapy will not help. And most therapists think, oh, I can help. They don't realize they're going to get manipulated and gaslit themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know that they're unable to help abusers. So many of the women in our community, their husbands went to therapy and the therapist was like, yeah, he's doing great. You know, and they thought maybe they were doing great. And then they realized, no, they were just lying to the therapist. It's pretty problematic. I think our infographics are amazing. We work really hard on trying to give visual representations for some of these really difficult concepts that when you see them visually, it's like, oh, I get it. I feel like a lot of the infographics that we produce and that we post on our social media platforms really help women understand. And we have collected all of those and put them in the back of Trauma Mama Husband Drama, the picture book for adults that is available on our books page. It's also available on Amazon. It's Trauma Mama Husband Drama. Like it really helps them be like, oh, I get it now because they can kind of see it in a way that's different than if it's explained to people. As you've been interacting with our accounts and with these infographics that we have produced, what's your take on why these are so helpful for victims? I know for me that when I even learned the term betrayal trauma, that it was so validating and so 
almost empowering in a way because it gave me language for the experience that I was going through. And the infographics do something similar for me. I, I feel that they capture my experience in a way that sometimes I'm unable to even just describe with words. It's very therapeutic. It's a way for me to kind of share with other people what I might be feeling. It's visual, it's simplified, and it's aesthetically pleasing, you know, it's got everything. So it, it captures my experience. Real quick before a response, there are a lot of so-called betrayal trauma therapists or coaches or groups out there, but they don't approach pornography use or infidelity as an abuse issue, or they try to quote unquote treat both the abuser and the victim in the same setting, which is unethical. So if you hear something in this episode you relate to, check out the group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a group session today. Now back to our conversation. As I work with our graphic designer to create these infographics, we go through so many iterations. I'll have an idea in my head and we'll be like, okay, people listening to the BTR podcast or clients that we have who come to our daily group sessions or individual sessions or all the women that interact with us on our social media platforms, like on TikTok or on Instagram, like, I want them to really understand this. So I'll like draw it out, send it over to the graphic designer and she'll send something back. And then we just go back and forth sometimes for a really long time. And then I always revisit them. Right. So maybe six months, a year later, two years later, I'll look at it again and be like, oh, wait, we're missing a piece. And so I'm always making sure that these are being updated and that we're really getting feedback on them so that they are really useful to people. It's my goal to make sure that women really understand this is a safety issue and why. And these infographics, I think, help women sort of sort out why emotional and psychological safety is a really important safety issue. That it's not just like, oh, he's not punching me, so I guess it's okay. That it is psychologically harmful to you. Like it feels like a punch to the gut, right? Or damaging to your soul to have this type of abuse happening and to be exposed to it. Another thing with the infographics that I find really helpful, and you were just kind of talking about this, but I feel like it's so easy for me to overlook the experiences that I've gone through that were emotionally abusive and just think, well, you know, it wasn't physical. I'm, you know, he doesn't punch me. He doesn't hurt me physically. Um, it's not that bad. But when I see it in the infographic and I see it just, it's so obvious. And it's apparent that what I am experiencing is abuse. It's emotional abuse and it's damaging. And I'm being stuck into this abuse cycle of, you know, grooming and devaluing and and it just makes it so clear for me and helps me to navigate my next steps to safety. I think it helps people see reality. Yeah. Kind of clear out the manipulation and clear out the gaslighting and see things for what they really are. Because reality, truth, is the way out of abuse. And when victims are trapped in abuse... They might be telling themselves certain things or parroting the abuse, not even knowing that they're, they're not participating in their own abuse, but they don't even know that that's the abuse talking, right? They actually think it might be their own thoughts, not realizing that, no, that's an abusive script that they've 
um, accidentally adopted that is keeping them trapped. I've also taken the Living Free workshop um, from Jane and the workbook that comes with the workshop also had so many visuals and artwork and it's just it's so beautiful and again it captures what I'm experiencing it captures the reality of my situation and it's simple and it's easy to understand and it helps me to digest my own experience it's I just really appreciated that. We have been through so many iterations of the Living Free Workshop. So if you're listening and you're not familiar with that, that is our strategic workshop. It's called btr.org living free. And when I say strategy, it helps women with thought strategies, with communication tactics with your abuser, and also strategic boundaries, like actually setting boundaries that help people to get safe. It's a four week workshop. We've been through a bunch of different iterations. So make sure that you go to the website to get the latest one. And the workbook is very robust. Like it's got artwork. We have 30 exercises that women do as they take the workshop over the four weeks. We've worked really hard to make it really clear and actionable, like simple. Because I think a lot of advice people get is like, don't let him take your power away or just Weird stuff that's kind of triggery, number one. Like, what do you mean? I'm not trying to let him take my power away. You know, it's so frustrating because people will say stuff like, well, you know he's a jerk, so why are you letting him bother you? And you're like, well, if I get punched in the face, like, I'm going to get a bruise. There's no way I can not get a bruise. And so I'm speaking metaphorically here. If he emotionally or psychologically injures you, there's no way to just be like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I mean, he just psychologically abused me, but... It wasn't that big of a deal. Like you're always going to get hurt. You know, there's no way to control that. So these strategies really help give women action items to protect themselves because it's not your fault that you've been abused. It's not your fault. You're experiencing emotional or psychological abuse. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not sick or ill or weak or anything like that. And at BTR, we view you as injured like through no fault of your own, you were injured. And these tactics will help you get to a place where you're not being injured anymore. Because they are skills that are useful that we've all had to learn. And it stinks. Because if you weren't being abused, you might not have to learn them per se. But I do think they're important skills for everyone to learn for their safety in general. Yeah, the workshop for me was invaluable. I felt like I learned so much about, like you were saying, specific actions I could take and specific situations. It was just super helpful. We're going to pause the conversation here, but Virginia is going to be back on next week's episode. We have this metaphor we've been talking about a lot. It involves French fries. So if you like French fries and you want to know how to get to safety, make sure that you stay tuned for next week. If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon, and rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on support the BTR podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there 